Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steven and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Did you just use my whole name? Steven? Yeah. I did. Huh. Weird. Okay. Weird. I know. Usually I just say Steve, but yeah. your name is in fact Steven. I just, you I, call me James on occasion. I, I do. I, just, I track who calls me Steve and who calls me Steven, and when you're, I hear it unexpectedly, you, it throws you, me off. Okay. Well, I, a I'll, of a I apologize for the shiftiness. I'm, I'm crafty. <laughs> you may be crafty, but just you using your hands to show how shifty you were actually did the opposite, showing how unshifty you are. Anyway. All right. <laughs> this could go off the tracks. So damn fast. It's actually, I'll tell you what, it's, so it's Friday the 17th, you're going to hear this on Sunday the 19th or later, and in the middle of that we've got September the 18th, um, where there will be a protest on the mall. Protest, the, rally, whatever, whatever yeah, yeah. I, I do want to, um, I do before we get all the way into this, um, you know, 9-11 was last weekend. Right. We didn't talk about it on the show, um, just because we recorded the day before, right. uh, on the tenth, um, and so I we would you know be remiss to not acknowledge that, um, you know, nine eleven was the event I think of our generation, sure. right? I mean, between you know others having Pearl Harbor and Kennedy you know, assassination, Kennedy Pearl Harbor, uh, Malcolm Ch- X, Challenger uh, exploding. Uh, Martin Luther Martin King, Luther King right, murdered, right. Yeah. I mean, like, so you have these really, you know, where were you when yes. moments, and 9-11 was, I think, you know, I, I was alive for the Challenger exploding. Um, I remember that, I do actually remember that. I think I was in... Yeah, you were in, like, five. Kindergarten, right? Oh, yeah. Because um, I was so, 15, I was homesick that day. Right. And, um, you know, uh, oh, and that reminds me of Oklahoma City, too. Uh, yeah, I remember I, I, I had a cast on my leg because I had literally twisted my foot inside out. Um, and I was home from school because I had just done it when Oklahoma City happened. Um, so, but yeah, just with 9-11, it, it's, uh, you know, that's a hard day for me. And we talk about this every year. And for, for whatever reason, it just, it really... It's a, it just hits me in the gut every time, and and maybe because maybe it's because I'm a you know hyper empathetic person, but I just I think it was just such a jarring moment for me emotionally in terms of like actual fear. Oh you know? God! Like I, I mean, mean, Steve, I was living in Boston at the time. Two of the planes left Logan. Right. And I mean, I remember someone came into our office and was like, "The towers collapsed," and I was like, "Don't spread fear," which I was deflecting my personal right. fear because I thought he was overreacting. Yeah. He was like, follow me. We walked down to the cafeteria. I'm like, oh, you're right. not exaggerating. Right. That happened. And, you know, in Boston, we're like, are we next? And you were only right. 60 I mean, miles away. Right. I mean, I was in Amherst. We were on lockdown. We, you couldn't leave. There was you, you couldn't be on the roads. Um, you know, I remember they put up the, uh, the, the, um, those, the, the, the 50 cows um, you know, at certain points, like driving through Massachusetts, once they, you know, lifted it and we could travel, right. there were certain places where if you looked up, I mean, there were giant fucking cannons uh, with people well, There's a couple of bases them. out there, yeah. Right, I mean, but there's bases out there, but they they weren't north. That's not where they north. Like, okay. you, did, uh, you just oh, didn't oh, drive right. around oh, yeah, Massachusetts and see, right. you know, 50 cow cannons. Deployment. Right, I mean, it, it, was, it was just a, it, it was 
uh, a wild scene is, I, I just, I don't have the words to describe it, but it was, I mean, and when I say fear, I, I don't mean, like, this is scary. It, it, what I mean is, like, that was the first time, like, I, I was just unsure and I felt legitimately unsafe. And this is coming from someone who grew up in the hood, you know what I mean? With, yeah. You know, gunfire and firing bullets and shit on the ground. And so, but this was different. This felt su to such a mass scale that it was beyond really comprehension for me at the age of, of what, 21. 20. Okay. Um, I think it's, and I know exactly why, because you never felt unsafe from foreign attackers on American soil. Right. And that day we did. We had no idea what the fuck was going on. I mean, we knew, we knew the, you know, the, the two hit the tower and then the, the one that was driven to the ground in, in Pennsylvania. Um, and it, yeah, it was, you know, and you know, speaking of just that idea of, of being attacked on our own soil by, you know, people from another country, what, you know, there are people out there who will say, well, you know, nine, always, you know, never forget 9-11. And they get really shitty about it, and they're just like, yeah, well, 9-11, 3,000 died, but, you know, how many innocent Iraqis in Afghanistan, Afghanis died once we went over there and the bombs that we dropped and, and, and all that? And, and you're not wrong. You know, right. that, like, that absolutely, there, were, there, there was a lot of, um, you know, innocent casualties, and, and um, there was a lot of cause and effect that happened by us going there, and we... we literally destroyed two countries, right? I would say a region. Right. I would say the whole yeah, Middle I mean, East right. I mean, we touched, down. we touched all of it. And, and while that's true, um, I got to be honest. And when, when I say this, I'm okay with that, right? I mean, it sucks. And I, and I, and I, I can sleep with it at night. And maybe it's not right. And maybe I, I end up going to hell for it ultimately in the afterlife or what have you. But the reality is... That's not what's going to get you. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it is among the things that will get me. But the reality is, um, you know, they attacked us, right? And yeah. you could say it was in retaliation for, but sure. they attacked us, right? Like, that could have been any any one of us could have been in New York that day on a vacation, on I a field trip, planes, yeah. you know, gone to school there, whatever. You end up there that day and you, you life, you, you die or, or your life is, is uh, uh, has, you know, is directly impacted by it. Um, but they brought that fight to us. And in return, we came back, you know, tenfold. And while people are just, well, you know, they talk about, you know, equity and fairness and blah, blah. Like, look, you punch me in the face, right? I'm not going to try to have a conversation with you, right? I'm now going to pummel you into the ground until you can no longer punch back, right? Because you, you have posed a direct threat to me and brought me harm. So... You take that and expand it out on an international level, right? That's what we had to do. Because if we don't, if we try to go back and talk to them and say, well, uh, Osama bin Laden and, and, and uh, Al-Qaeda, we, we're so hard, sorry that we upset you to the point where you caused this damage. I mean, I, I mean, I, like that. People were saying that that was of the, the, the whole, we need to understand Al-Qaeda and why they attacked us. I believe that's a valid point. We need to understand why. Now, I also agree with your point that, you drop the gloves, <laughs> don't expect me to stop swinging right. until I can't. Right. I mean, I, I just like, look, you're not wrong. We need to understand Al-Qaeda, and we need but to understand Osama. But at the same time, like when, when they do that, if we don't come back with that level of fury, then we become targets for it again. Absolutely. Right? And maybe, not, maybe it's not uh, New York by the City. Way, we're maybe still targets, by the way. So. Right. Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're targets either way. 
But all of a sudden, like, people get a hell of a lot bolder when they think that you're weak. Yeah. Right? I mean, and it's amazing over the last two years that something, you know, that, that there hasn't been something that's happened on the ground because we've been so distracted by everything that happened during Trump's administration, really. And, and I don't completely blame him, but, I mean, he's at the center of a lot of it. Um, that someone the media for right. I mean, them, the media, uh, the Trump administration, the media, and the, and the and the war that they got into. But it's really amazing that you know China, Russia, Iran, somebody didn't try something on a mass scale because of uh, the level of distraction that we had, right? But the reality is, you know, we we once once they punched us, we had to punch back, and we really and. and there's an argument to be made that we, we didn't do a good enough job of punching back because, you know, the Taliban is basically running Afghanistan, which means Al-Qaeda has a seat at the table, whether the Taliban likes it or not, but they're going to fight it out. So what did we really solve? And, oh, by the way, we spent 20 years there, so I'm sure there's a, a decent sect, a decent number, a decent demographic size of people that are not thrilled with the United States. I would think that right? most, yeah, we, create, <laughs> we create another hotbed. The only thing I'm going to say that this is not really a counterpoint, it's just a, a reality, the other destabilization events that occurred in the Middle East also created hotbeds. So right. if you're an anti-American group, whether it's ISIS, Al-Qaeda, or the next generation of whatever that is, you're going to find a home. Right. And, and now I don't think we're as susceptible. I think in 2001, we weren't prepared for or even right. didn't believe in the reality. Well, of we a didn't have attack. a thing called Homeland Security. Right. Right. Homeland Security was born of 9-11. Right. Sure. And now, I mean, and Homeland Security is no, by no means the end-all be-all because they still have a lot of issues. But there's a lot more, you know, uh, uh, interagency communication and interconnectivity that allows them to share information in real time um, to be able to defend us against, you know, these various threats that we know exist and we have a good reason as to why they exist. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just I, I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, and well, and, and this, so another event that could have probably be a where were you when was January sixth of this year. Yeah. Now a lot of people ignore it. A lot of people dismiss it. I find that infuriating. And if I can take us off track a bit. You know, actually, it'll come up in a minute. But someone did that the other day, and I well, lost no, my shit. Well, no, we will talk about it. Let's talk about it briefly because people try to poo poo and wipe it under the table, and and people who are even, uh, you know who are on the other side of the people who, who engage in the insurrection, right? Like, so people who are, you know, Democrats or liberals or progressives or whatever, they try to poo poo and say, like, that really wasn't an insurrection because it was a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, you know, bunch fat of dudes rednecks, from right, the suburbs right, sure. and everything else. Bullshit. And, and I say like, look, <laughs> let me, let me put it to you in terms. Maybe you understand, right? Like if, 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 you know, if a cop goes to, no, I don't want to use that. It's too negative. Um, if you go to commit a crime, right, you go to rob a bank and you use a water gun, right, you walk in and you say, hey, stick them up and give me all you got and you have a water gun in your pocket and you get caught by the police, they don't let you go because it was just a water gun and you were a bad criminal, right? Like you still right. get charged with trying to rob a bank, right? Like you still get the, you know, like you, there's still, you still get the aggravating factors. So... Just because it was an unsuccessful insurrection attempt and just because it was a bunch of dopes and rednecks right. and, 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 you know, lowbrow people, it, it doesn't mean that it, it still wasn't an attempt to, to right. uh, you know, disrupt our government and basically overthrow our government, right? And you could say they didn't want to do that, but when they 
take down the American flag and they put up a Trump flag or a MAGA flag or whatever, uh, I don't know what the fuck else. Because if that was any other, if that was any other group of people, if if those people were from Iran, if those people were from China, if those people were from Russia and they did the same shit and they took down the American flag and raised a Russian flag or a Chinese flag or whatever, then we would all be losing our shit and rightfully so. Right, like so, these people just oh well, they were pissed off about the they, you know, they've got a right to they, yeah they like listen if you think you got a right to do it, you want to try it, try it. But you tried it, and you failed. But if you try it, it comes at a cost, right? Like if you attack your government, right? You physically try to attack your government, like you don't. How can you possibly think that you have a right to do that, and it's not going to come without penalty? You're I hundred percent agree. I've heard a lot of people complaining about how lenient. Some of the sentences are, yeah. and I get that. Yeah, I get and that. Some Actually, of them are, one, and some one, of them. One of my friends, I was at a uh, comedy show last night, and one of my friends was saying, "You know, you you rob a Seven Eleven, you get twenty years. You attack the Capitol and try to overthrow an election, you get two. Right? What's the what the fuck? Right? And um, and I was like, you're not wrong. Are, I, yeah, that wouldn't wrong with what you said. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I, even myself, I've tried to, you know, tried to be balanced and fair and objective and say like, look. You know, they're not maxing out some, you know, some of these sentences are like one month to, you know, 10 years in prison. Right. And so, you know, these judges are landing on the on the <laughs> lean side of the middle, if you will. And, you know, I've tried to be fair to those judges in the situation that they're in because it's not Instead just, show, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you, you, you have the you have the law, but then you have the PR and there's political, uh, you know, there's p- political connections to the decisions that are made there, right? Because if you're too harsh on people, if you give someone a 10-year a, a sentence on something where you could have easily given them, you know, one year and that be fair and reasonable, then all of a sudden, like, there, be, there, there will be pushback that could escalate violence and, 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 and bring an even worse situation than January 6th, well, right? You brought up that, you know, one year in jail is no joke. It I is mean, not. I mean... I mean, if you spend, if you, you That's spend a hockey a, season, a football season, a baseball right. season, I mean. spend a night in a, a, a local county lockup of a big city, right? Anywhere from Cleveland, Chicago, New York, LA, DC, whatever, right? You spend a, a, a night in a county jail, right? And it'll make you appreciate how long some of these sentences are. You know, oh, it's just a year. Like, okay, okay, Tommy Tough Nuts. All right, let's get you in there for a year and see how see how that goes. We'll we'll check in with you in a week, right? <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, no, it just no, no. It, it's 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 amazing. But, uh, but to move onto this though, so tomorrow yeah. there's the scheduled protest rally, whatever. Um, the uh, the Capitol Police have basically said, um, "Don't come out here if you're causing trouble." Right. That's an, a, a dangerous thing. Not I mean, a, a, I have no problem with them smart saying thing. it. It's smart thing for them to say it, but that. <clears throat> It's a dangerous situation because I think the Capitol Police are saying, last time you attacked our officers, you did a bunch of shit, and we basically tried to play nice. Right. One, I mean... Right. Uh, That's exactly uh, what's happening. And now they're saying zero tolerance. And and I, I get what you're saying because by saying zero tolerance and taking this hard stance, someone is, someone is going to try to challenge it. Yes. You're not wrong, but you cannot... Like, you, you have to send a message. They're not wrong either. I'm not, I'm not saying that what they did is wrong. I'm saying... This changes the stakes. I think there were a lot of people who believed that January 6th would be a lot of shouting, a lot of Trump flags, a lot of whatever. Nope. Well, I won't say no one because someone in the studio 
was very concerned about violence on that day. No, you were. I, and, you were, and, and I definitely and, poo-pooed it and said, and, no, we'll be fine because and, I had faith in humanity. <laughs> Shame on me. <laughs> Shame on you indeed, sir. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm very concerned about tomorrow, and who knows, we might be doing an emergency amendment to this show. I hope not. I Honestly, my prediction this time is it's going to be a, a, a dud. I think it's going to be a couple yeah. hundred people, five, six hundred people, and they're going to be enough concerned that, okay, we pushed the limit too far last time, and if we try to do anything too stupid, there is likely to be a swift response from well, the National Guard, unlike a, last time. Here's the deal. You know, the on January 6th, the Trump supporters and the people that, that were involved on that day had seen Trump and his administration basically have carte blanche to do what they want yeah. with literally no repercussions, right? Starting from the campaign where Trump's talking about grabbing pussies and all this stuff comes out about his finances and he's lying, all that stuff, and no repercussions. Guy ends up getting elected. Um, you know, the, the controversy after controversy after controversy uh, in, in, during, sure. you know what I mean? And there's, there's literally no repercussions, right? Like impeach twice and it's not even close with the votes and everything else. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, so they right. saw, you know, basically four years, like, listen, the Trump brand, if we act like him, we won't get in trouble like him, right? Like that was the thought process is that th there was just no repercussions and you can act and do whatever you want. So then they go there on January 6th. They push the, the, you know what I mean? They kept pushing the line, pushing the line, pushing the line until they break through. And then Ashley Babbitt gets shot. Right. And then, like, you know, like then, you know, backups are coming. And now you got SWAT teams. And that, now all of a sudden, like, this is, this is real. So there are repercussions. So fast forward to September 18th, tomorrow, I think a majority of the people in that group, a lot of people turn and ran. And a lot of people kind of faded off to the side once they realized it had gone too far. And that's a majority of, of who you would need to show up to make this worth anything. Right? Well, like, so, I mean, all that to say, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a dud. I don't think that you're going to get... You may, you may get a few hundred people there, and of those few hundred, you may have someone who may decide that they're going to... They'll you be, know what I mean? The, they'll be the equivalent of the person that runs onto the football field to do whatever. It's like, yeah. this doesn't end well. Right. I mean, I, and, I, and I think that's, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> Which guy, I, I sometimes guy who runs I'm... naked under the Super Bowl. <clears throat> right. I always say, you know, sometimes I say, I hope I'm wrong. And this time, I really hope I'm right. I really hope it's a yeah. bunch of people yelling and screaming and Trump flags and whatever. But ultimately, it fizzles into nothing. Now, that doesn't mean it's gone. That doesn't mean the anger is gone. No. Anger is through the roof lately. Um and some, some of the things I saw in the news that I found fascinating was uh, General Mark Milley was Trump somehow communicated. It wasn't through Twitter because he's not allowed on there anymore, but somehow communicated that he thought um, that uh, Mark Milley should be charged with treason. And the reason he should be charged with treason is because he communicated with a senior uh, election official, or sorry, a senior military official in, uh, in China on January 8th, I think, because in China... They were watching the shit going on on January 6th and put yourself in China's shoes. They're thinking, okay, here's a president who's being kicked out of office, rightfully so as it would turn out. Um, he's been attacking China verbally and economically f for the entire time he's been in office. And they're probably thinking, is this crazy psycho going to launch nuclear bombs at us? And if they... if 
if there if I'm China in that situation, I'm at DEFCON three. I am imminently worried about an unprovoked nuclear strike. Not saying I thought not saying from where I'm sitting, I thought that would ever happen. But I'm in China. I'm like I've got this deranged guy. I've watched enough shit get spewed out of his mouth. Now he's on the verge of getting kicked out of office. He's been impeached once. He's about to get impeached again. And he's, you know, clearly dangerous if you're Chinese. And I'm, I'm prepared for whatever. And Mark Milley calls essentially his counterpart, a very high-ranking military official in China, and says, that will not happen. If Trump does this, or orders this, it still won't happen. We have checks and balances in this country, and we have, I probably didn't talk about the 25th Amendment, but maybe he did, probably should have, saying we can remove an incompetent leader from office through our system, so that will not happen. I think that was the right thing for Mark Milley to do, and to call that treason to me is ludicrous. Well, I think uh, from, a, from a legal standpoint, uh, so there's two things. There's the ethical moral, there's like the legal and somewhat political. <clears throat> from ethical moral, you're right. That's totally the right thing to do. Um, from a legal standpoint, is it treason? It depends on what he said and how he said it. Okay. Um, and I, I think we kind of need to be careful here. Um, but if he said, like, look, everything's... You've called me out. What's the difference between treason and sedition? You've called me out on fucking up the definitions of those before. So because he's talking to a foreign government, it would be treason. Yes. Okay. Um, but, you know, if, if he's saying, like, look, if we launch an attack, I'm going to give you a heads up um, so you can properly defend against it, eh, that's true. Okay, that's a problem. I right? agree. But I mean, because... It ain't going to happen. Well, you don't need to do it. The, what, what, I've, what I've heard is that what I just said is more along the lines of what they're claiming that he said in the book. Um, and, and this is a, a Bob Woodward book, right. um, and he's saying this is, and I can't remember if it's Millie told him that he said this, or if he got this from from uh, different sources. But um, you know, if Millie is is saying that, if Millie called his counterpart in China and said, "Look, if we launch an attack, or we're about to launch an attack, I'll give you a call and give you a warning," yeah, that's that's not really okay. Right? Agreed. Um, that's not, that's I, not how I interpreted <laughs> what I read. What I interpreted was right. the way I put it out. Now, I, I think you got to be careful with, with your sources on where you're reading this. And, it, you know, is there an interest to kind of protect Millie? And I think there is definitely an interest to protect him. Um, because if, you know, because Millie has, has said before, like, look, you guys don't know what it was like behind the scenes. Like, Trump was, was wild. Right, and and he and Millie has said that he took certain steps um, to protect the country and to protect the republic and to to protect our democracy, and he was willing to go as far as he needed to go to make sure that he did that. So he's he's already said that. Um, it just worries me if if he went and said, well, if if we are about to launch an attack or we launch an attack, I'm going to give you a call. Like that that worries me. Now, if he said what you said. Like, hey, look, we have certain, you know, to keep from don't worry about anything bad happening. We have certain stock gaps and everything like that. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's better, and I, can, and, and I definitely agree with you and your assessment of, of the value of that. But we do just kind of need to know what he said before know, we decide that this is good I, or bad. I do know that the Fox News assessment is what you described, which was, hey, I'm working with you, and someone at uh, my favorite Irish bar around the corner from here 
was saying last night that, yeah, one of our generals was working with the Chinese. And I went, time out. Well, like, yeah, I mean, but again, I, I really, like, now, I, as much as I don't want to, you know, read these books about the Trump administration, because whether they're trying to make Trump look better or they're trying to tear him down, I just feel like it, there's a whole complex being created that I don't want to be a part of. But I, I for I, this particular instance, I do need to, I, I need to mm-hmm. at least read the, the, you know, kind of chapter around this part of the story to, to, to get a better concept or context of what's going on. You know, I don't remember Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of the late night guys said, Trump is going to need a presidential, presidential library just to get all the books about him. Yeah. <laughs> Which, well, it's I'm, fucking wild, dude. How quick, by the way, there's already a book out about Biden. How quickly you can write and publish a book today well, is yeah, amazing. Well, that, that, yes. Um, welcome to the well, 21st century. Uh, uh, I've barely gotten there. Time's not as but, bad as you like to make out. But, but no, 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 no. I, I, what's, what, what's funny is, you know, the, the book about Biden, um, I, I just was listening to the author, I don't know, maybe a, a month ago. Because right. uh, he was promoting the book. But like that, like he had been embedded with Biden for a while. Right. right, and whether Biden was going to run for president or not, like there was a story either way, um, and so if, I, if I'm not mistaken, like this this person, like the, this book about Biden starts before he decided to run for president again, and then, you know, the guy finishes it up, and then, uh, like you said, the amazing speed of which they can wrap that all up, get it edited, get it to print, and get it out is is remarkable. But it is. You don't have to print nearly as many books because really you're doing a lot of printed on demand, right? Right. Well, it's printed on demand, and you're doing a lot of volume online, right? Like people reading the books, you know, audio books and 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 And, Kindles and all that other stuff. So um, it doesn't need to be on the bookstore shelves. In fact, are there even bookstores anymore? There's a couple. There's Books a Million. Is that still open? Books a Million is still open. Okay. Yeah, over in Rocky River. I mean, I don't know if the um, there's a Barnes and Noble in in, the Crocker Park. Yeah. Is that still open? Yeah, it's still open. Okay. Yep, I have, there. We still have bookstores. We, we have just don't have as many. Books still books still exist. All right, man. I we we got uh, we got to move on based on time, but we would be remiss if we did not mention that related to the uh, January sixth insurrection, Roger Stone was subpoenaed with a lawsuit while he was on the air. He literally was on the air in St. Louis, Mr. Stone, and he was like, <laughs> "I know what this is." And then he claims they have nothing to do with it. I'm like, well, there's a video of you with the Oath Keepers, you right. jag off. Like, I mean, they're looking... They're so, so, Roger Stone's pretty good at denying the obvious. Right. So, but, so, I mean, to be fair, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're just investigating him, talking to him. I, I, this doesn't necessarily mean that, he, you know, he's going to be true. charged with anything. I or, doubt or he will. Go to jail, but, I, I doubt he will. Um, but, you know, and, and going on to, uh, you know, QAnon had a big kind of role to play in what happened on sure, January 6th. Huge. Um, and, you know, we've seen a number of people who went to jail for that. And, you know, the QAnon shaman comes to mind and uh, plenty of his other followers. But, you know, QAnon has also had, uh, you know, an impact with COVID, right? And the vaccine and the reality, you know, if, if the virus is even real, you know, a lot of the, the you know, mistrust and the, the questioning of COVID and everything around it, is grown in the the basement of you know the QAnon infamous. Sure. And uh, one of them, <clears throat> excuse me, a woman named Veronica Walski, died of COVID this week. Um, she's in the hospital, and people who supported and followed her apparently she was a big influencer. I am I don't even follow them randomly. I mean I I see what pops up on Twitter, but I'm not following them on Twitter. 
But apparently she was a big deal, and she's in a, on a ventilator in ICU, and there were people literally threatening the staff if they didn't give her ivermectin. Because they're doctors, not, oh, the other people are doctors, and that's their job. But anyway, uh, Veronica Wolski died, and um, again, the supporters were, give her ivermectin, because that cures everything. So who, who was she again? She's some big wig, and she's described as a QAnon guru, which I think is a step below shaman. Okay. A step above, above Grand Wizard. I don't, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you, you didn't know I was full of shit. Right. I'm like, this, okay, this, okay. That actually, I mean, there's, that, but that there's that a QAnon fits. shaman and you wrote yeah, yeah. QAnon guru, so I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how she there's described. There's levels to this shit. She, that's how she described. Um, so, but what did she, so you just, she was just an influencer. Like yeah, the, she was an influencer. She, she was, was just big on, shot. oh, she was just yep. on social media spreading, yep, yep, the, yep. spreading the good word. Correct. Huh. Correct. And anti-vaxxing, anti-masking, and gotcha. departed. And then, now the, the whole thing now is, that, you know, the vaccine mandates, and we've talked about this a bunch, and I stand by everything I've said and everything you said, um, that I don't want a government mandate. I think the resistance to it is silly. The resistance of the vaccine is silly. There are people who have legitimate reasons, and I understand yep. where distrust comes from in some places. But this whole do not comply because this is like Nazi Germany is an insane argument, and that has become the new... Um, uh, well, I mean, it, it's. It, but what's funny is they they use, you know, COVID the mandates, the masks. They use all that as oh, it's a slippery slope, right? Right. And my my rebuttal is like, where the fuck were you when the police were just violating, uh, you know, the second th or not the second, uh, the uh, the Fourth Amendment, mm -hmm. um, just left and right. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, like the the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment has basically been eviscerated. Absolutely. Right. And so. By the way, most people don't know what the Fourth Amendment is. Well, look it up. But uh, it's on the I wall mean, right here. You know, illegal search and uh, uh, illegal right. search and seizure and all that sort of stuff. Like so, like people didn't have any issue with that. In fact, they rooted for it. They cheer for it. Um, anytime they see someone that they don't deem as a respectable member of society. Um, they see it used against them. They they clap for it even louder, right? Like so. That's when 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 you decided that you were gonna let police run roughshod over a certain group of citizens that you deemed less than. You open the door for yourself to be run over because right. the government sees you as less than, right? When you didn't resist in the name of the weakest link, right? Amongst I mean, your community. First right. they came for the Jews. I didn't object because I was a yeah. Jew. Then they came for the Catholics. I didn't, then they came for the blah, blah, blah. Then they came for me, and there was no one to object. Right. And now, But now <laughs> what they're saying is, well, well now because it, you know, we don't like this, right? Not, not even, it, it really doesn't even impact them, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about wearing a mask and, and, and getting a vaccine, but okay. Um, now, now they want to, you know, especially the Second Amendment crowd, like the 2A guys, the gun guys, this is the thing. Right, where they, they this is what they've been dreaming for, right? Something that impacts, you know, middle class white guys in some way, shape, or form, so they have a reason to revolt and, and take down the government because the government's gotten too big for its britches, when in reality you just want to go play war. Right. right? Like you've you've bought these guns, you've looked uh, into it. Against people who aren't gonna shoot back. Right. Really. Like you know, I mean you're doing it against targets, you're you know, you're doing close quarter stuff in the houses, which I've done all this stuff too. Right, but I am in no way, shape, or form looking for a reason to do any of that shit. Right, but all that being said, like you got all these people who want to play war, who have now decided that this is their moment, this is their time. Right, 
that now they now all of a sudden like they're worried about government overreach. Like you right. didn't give a damn when the government was overreaching in the hood, but now all of a sudden you're worried about government overreach and talking about slippery slopes. The slope started up there, right? We're down here now. The slope is, is the slope is going is definitely we're, we're definitely going the wrong direction, but this shit that you guys are talking about isn't isn't going to help that. Isn't going to stop that. In fact, you got you're about to make it a whole hell of a lot worse if you're not careful. Yeah, the whole <clears throat> I mean the whole we've talked about the conspiracies revolving around um uh, the you know the vaccine and the Bill Gates and the microchipping and all uh, that right nonsense. and the big great reset and and, and, and what the, frustrates <clears throat> me about that is that like people don't even recognize you know when you start hearing conversations about the great reset and that it's a it's the new world order and all all of that stuff is rooted in in white supremacy and anti semitism anti semitism anti semitism <laughs> yes you can do Woo. you can do this use your words <laughs> wow that's bad but um. That's what it's rooted in, and it's really people who who have been these these chaos actors, these these advocates of hate, who saw an opportunity because they saw the amount of division in society. They saw who and what Trump was, and that he would navigate towards anything that made him look better or gave him an advantage over the other side. And so they just piggybacked off of him and started really pumping out this message that they've been pumping out for a hundred fucking years about Jews taking over the world and calling, and they, they just call it something different. Now it's the, the Great Reset, right? And before that, it, w- it was the New World Order. And before right. that, it, you know what I mean? Like, you've had all these various the different... Right. agenda. But it, it, and, and it all roots back to the same, uh, the, the same bullshit, right? And, it, oh, the Rothschilds. Have you ever heard of the Rothschilds? And, and all this other shit, it, it just... That's the most frustrating part, but when you tell when you tell that to this particular group, they're like, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. That's not that's not true. Like, are you sure? Do you even do you even know what any of this shit is, right? Or did you just watch a, a hour long YouTube video and now that gave you all you need to know about like you know world history, right? Um, you know, it, it just it's 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 frustrating um, because people that gullible and that lazy, intellectually lazy, is what allows a QAnon. To exist, and the gurus and the shamans and everything and else. And we are amazingly intellectually lazy as a country, and maybe as a world. I mean, I was talking to a guy who um, had just gotten back from Paris, and there was an anti-vaccine protest in Paris that was bringing out tens of thousands of protesters, and uh, he said a, he estimated 10,000 cops. I think he was probably exaggerating. <laughs> in, Paris? in Paris? Uh, that's 10, in Paris. 10,000 in the city of Paris? Was, okay. That's what was said. I, but either way, I don't think that lots, I, don't, I don't like the math either. But he was saying, you know, so it's not just the U.S., but that doesn't mean it's not. In fact, that makes it worse. Because if we could isolate it to this, right. we'd be better off. All right. So let, we've, QAnon uh, lost a guru. Um, well, I mean, they, yeah, but I mean, she's not even the only one this week, right? There was another guy, and I, I don't remember the guy's name, who... He had said some pretty vile things about people with AIDS in the past. I don't past. know if he was a QAnon guy, but well, he was, a, I mean, he was he's, an anti-vax, anti-mask. Right, he's, he's and, in, he's and he's saying the same shit that they're saying, true, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lump him in that category. Yeah. Um, whether, whether he is driving the QAnon bus or is just on it doesn't necessarily matter in this regard, right? Like, So he seems like the guy, not much that's going to be a thought leader, so chances are he was getting the shit from a QAnon source, whether he knew it or not. Right. And then well, he was in was the Denver area, right? I don't I think know. He was in the Denver or, area, I, I, but I know he, like, I know he was a con, like considered a conservative oh, talk sure. show host, and he was 
all about yeah, anti-masking. Just, and, 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 and he, he had said some really vile things about AIDS and, and gay people and things like that in the past. Um, he used to list off names of people who died of AIDS while playing Another One Bites the Dust by yeah. Queen. I don't think that was a coincidence. No, not at all. And, so, um, and, you know, but they... And like, then he also now joins the irony crowd because you bit uh, the dust. Right. I, it's just, you know, I mean, look, the, those, that group of people, um, they're paying a price for their ignorance in this regard. Um, and I, I really, I just have, I have no sympathy, no empathy for them whatsoever. Um, you know, they're doing this to themselves. They're doing this to their own fan base. They're doing this to their, you know, followers, their, their community. Um, just sowing the, the seeds of distrust, fomenting hate, anger, rage, um, you know, denying science and ultimately getting people killed, um, you know, who otherwise don't have to die. Right. Right. Like, yeah, we're all going to die. Right. And, and that, that people die every year of random shit, coal, all, all that other stuff. Right. And they, they die in preventable ways, but you, you never want to contribute to that. And some of these QAnon people, that is exactly what they're doing. You're contributing to people's deaths. Like the people who vehemently believe because you say in the way that you have marketed the idea that, you know, to not take the vaccine, to not take math seriously, to not take this virus seriously. Um, how people sleep at night after doing that, I just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Steve, to me, I say this way too often. It's amazing to me that we're still having this conversation. Yeah. It's amazing there's still doubters out there. And now it has leaked, not exploded, into areas that were based on being rural and 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 whatnot that had avoided the massive amount of. I mean, but it's it's it, we're at a point where I mean you have people dying who, you know, still don't believe that COVID's real, right? Like yeah. it's the thing killing them, and it's like oh, it can't be COVID. I'm dying for another reason. Wait. Okay, I, I, I mean, and, and you can't, peanut allergy. Well, I mean, you just, you can't, like, and then that's when you realize, like, you can't that. win a war against those types of people. Right? You can't win a logical war. Right, you I mean, win, you uh, know what I mean, you, you, just, you just can't, and, and the, the problem is that those people, there's enough of them out there where it brings up this idea, like, well, if they're just going to fight it, then we got to mandate it. And then that's where the whole, I don't trust the government, now they're, they've gone too far, now we need to fight back, let's start a revolution, civil war sort of thing, comes into play, which all sounds dramatic, but there are people who are literally talking about it and who are promoting this every day, right? And even though it's a small, minuscule minority, you don't, you don't need that many to cause a lot of harm and a lot of damage, right? Like you get, 10, you get a cell of 10 guys in each major city and they can do a lot of fucking damage, especially if they're ignoring rules and laws. You can make all the gun laws you want, but if they already got all the guns that they need and all the ammunition that they need and everything else, like, it's not going to stop a group of people like that in New York, Chicago, D.C., L.A. at all, right? And all places where we've seen gun violence anyway, right? Like, so I, I'm just saying we are, we are really in a dangerous, dangerous time, um, and, and I don't think it's overly dramatic to say um, and, you know, coronavirus and everything around it has only made it worse. Oh, you're 100% right. Excuse me, you're 100% right. I so mean, let's talk uh, about something a little bit lighter. Well, uh, first of all, let's, let's talk a little, sort of on the same line. So we always try to be politically honest. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went to the Met Gala. This is what I was talking about. Okay. I think well, this uh, is lighter than talking it's, about. It's lighter than that. It's but, lighter but than QAnon it, killing people, Jesus. It, 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 it is indeed. But anyway, she goes to the Met Gala wearing a fancy dress with... Tax the rich 
in huge letters written on it. Huge red letters. Huge on red a, letters on a white dress. dress. Which, I, I, by the I, way, I, I, by the way, that dress looked amazing on her. I did. Anyway, all right, you're uh, you're not wrong. I was like, <laughs> Thank you're, you. you're literally giving me a reason to like AOC. You're giving me a reason to look at your butt, which I'm perfectly fine with. Right. That I mean, and it's was... like the famous shot that every, I mean, it's just a it's a great shot, and just the angle, the body language, like. <sighs> yeah. Now, having said that. I have an opinion on this, but I'll give you if you want first shots or you want sure, to sure, you want sure. to defer. I'll jump in. Um, first of all, I think we know where I stand on the OC. I think she's growing on me, but one of my big issues with her is kind of knowing when to say less and do less. And I thought she had been doing a really good job of that until the Met Gala, right? Like, what in the actual fuck are you doing? Like, you can't have the stance that you have as a politician and then show your ass up. At the fucking Met Gala, you're sitting here talking about universal health care because, you know, mothers without, you know, mothers working three jobs and part they can't afford the, the, the child care and we need all this shit and we got to get rid of student loans and all this other stuff. And then you show up at an event where it costs $35,000 a plate wearing a dress that probably costs $100,000. Are you out of your fucking mind? And you are just mingling and hobnobbing with some of the, the richest of the rich people who laugh at your you're, you're dressed that says tax the rich because they're like, look, bitch, I'm international. It doesn't matter. Like, my, I can move my money anywhere in the world and you'll never touch it. Right? Like, I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, the universal, the idea that we're going to have this universal tax system where everybody's taxing the same is insane. Although, there are efforts for it. But the whole point is, is that this was poor, like, just a bad look, a bad decision. They didn't think it out. I know people's rebuttal is, well, she's in the ear of all the rich people there, and she's spreading the word to them that we're coming for them. No, the fuck, she's not. Those people don't care about her. Some of those very, very, very wealthy ones probably don't know who she is. Those people helicoptered in, they drive cars that cost more than your house if you live in the suburbs of a nice town. Are you kidding me? You really think that she's struck a chord or a nerve with any of those people? And anyone that she would appeal to there, they're already on her side. right? Whoever is rich there that actually agrees with her, they're already on her side. And they're not, they're not going to convince the other rich fuckers to get on their side. That's not how this shit works. So there was, there was no positive gained other than it got her attention. Right? It, it put the spotlight on her, and we're talking about her and the things that she advocates for, but ultimately it does nothing to bring us closer to getting any of those things, and it does nothing to bring anybody closer to anything. It just really is a giant big fuck you to everybody. I don't disagree with a single thing you said. The only thing that I would add on to that, and maybe two things, but one thing for sure is, not only did she not accomplish anything, She's grandstanding. I get so pissed at the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gateses. They grandstand. They say wild shit and they fire up people. Yep. She's trying to do that same thing, and not just. I mean, she knows it's going to go through the media, so she's she's grandstanding in a very ineffective way. Nothing would get will get gained out of her doing no. that. However, in addition to that, she's also just throwing red meat to the Fox News right. and the AOCs. Like hey, or AOC, AC <laughs> it. Hold on. OANs okay. and Newsmaxes. AOC to OAN. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. I get it. All right. To you. Whatever. Um, that's fair. But, but she's just throwing red meat. Look at this communist. She's doing these things. Tax her. She's going, look at her. She believes she's got a different set of rules for her. 
And they're not wrong. Now, uh, she didn't pay for the ticket, I'm sure, which doesn't make it better, by the way. Right, like, you could still take that $35,000 and feed all those people you're right. talking about. Or go to the fucking gala, but don't use it as a, hey, everybody, look at me. You know what I would have done if I were her? I'd love to hear this. If I were her, on the night of the Met Gala, that whole day, my ass would have been at the border. Right? My ass would have been at the border, and you would have seen me right up, like, right in the mix with all the people there. Right? China, that like, would have been a legitimate statement. Right? Like, that's that's the statement. Yes. You want to make a statement? You you really want to make a statement to bring attention to the, to the issues and the causes that you're fighting for? Take your ass to the border like you did when Donald Trump was in office. And put yourself right in the middle of it and say, hey, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden put you in charge of this. This shit is a mess right now. Let's get it fixed. I, I should be at the gala, but I'm not. Right. You haven't I got invited this. to go to the Met I'm Gala. So, right. And, yes. Right. Like, do, do that. that. And again, you said you're warming up to AOC. I've become a full-blown fan, and this knocks her way down but, on my... And see, this is why she, I, I was never higher on her, because this is the potential dumb shit that I felt she, could, she was capable of. Right? I also think she's capable of being a really good leader and being really effective, but then you do something like this that's multiple steps back. Yes, and, yes. And oh, now, I again, did, she's young, because like, I don't even think she's 30 yet. I think she's 29, yeah. Right, like, so... Yeah, she's growing pains, right? And we're watching this shit play out in real time. And I always take a step back, especially when people talk about professional athletes and people in the spotlight. You talk about people under the age of, of, of 30 years old, right, who haven't lived life yet, who the light is on them right in their face. And I'm talking about professional athletes. This one, she's the same thing. Like she's, she's, she's a congresswoman. She's a congresswoman. So it's not only the media. I mean, it's the entire yeah. world. She doesn't get the pass that... A, no, a former first-round draft pick. Yeah, yes. but I, but from she actually does because she's still, she's still 28, 29 years old, right? True. And and I get it. Like she's a current, she's got to grow up fast. You're absolutely right. But the problem is, like people, no matter what, anybody growing up fast is gonna have growing pains. Sure. And we're watching this shit happen and play out in real time, which is why I get annoyed with her because I think she can be so great. I want to just shake her and just like shut the fuck up. Right, just if you just talk less, right, you can do so much more. And I don't care. It, it's not about her being a woman. It's not about any other thing. Then sometimes the most effective tool you can have as a political operative is your ability to not talk, is your ability to not say the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's your ability to listen and feel and understand and know the moment and know how to take advantage of it. I know she thinks she did something here. And she will fight and she will take it to her deathbed that she did something here. Or she may come around eventually and mature on it later on like fucking 60 minutes, 30 years from now. But my point is, is that this, this is a major misstep by her. I agree. Um, and she's, she's just got to do better. I agree. I agree. And I think the only thing that will make me less critical is she owns it and says, I look, fucked I, up. I fucked up. That wasn't the right venue for that protest. And, this, and sometimes she, and she's pretty honest about herself, and she, she, I think, I think she can be self-reflective. So we may get that from her. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't believe it. we will. I don't, I wouldn't bet on it. You know, the stakes are so high, um, but we'll see. But you know what? I'll tell you what. That would be a brilliant political move by her to yes. say, "I screwed up. I was trying to make AOC it, 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 call me. We'll get you. We'll, we'll get you going. Your, and your, I won't, new, your new PR team is talking to you right, right. now, and I'll, ch I'll and I'll charge half of what Carville charges. <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right, can we move? Can we can we talk? Can we, we talk go. a little balls? Yes, we can we talk, talk a little balls. ball? We can talk. We can talk. Nicki Minaj and her tweet about balls. Or we gonna talk about football. We gotta start with Nicki. What the fuck? 
All right, so first of all, let's recap what happened. She tweeted that a friend of her cousin's fiancé got the vaccine and his balls swelled up to an enormous size and... I'm not saying don't get the vaccine, just do your pray. No, don't she do said, your research. She said, she said she hasn't gotten her research. She hasn't gotten her vaccine yet. She's still doing her research. Something pray about play this. it safe, pray, all that other all stuff. Right. Um, so she's been, like, Tucker Carlson has been all over this, oh, saying right. that, you know, Nicki Minaj, the, the, she's that, suddenly the, a guru. that the gatekeeper, <laughs> right, that the gatekeepers are trying to silence her and he's trying to get in touch with her and he wants to talk to her and he wants her on the show. She was on the show. Oh, she, she was, made it on, yeah. Oh my God! Um, when she did the whole thing, you went, "Oh, makes sense." Oh, does it, Tucker? You vaccinated Ivy League wannabe douche. Yeah, I mean, it just—it's—it's it's interesting, and, and and there's a lot of people, right? Like, in there's a lot of people actually in the in the Second Amendment gun world, right, that are really going on the Nicki Minaj offensive, right? Like, sure. You know, like oh, they've oh. always supported her. Right, I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's so r- r- ridiculous how this how this goes. Like, look, she made a ridiculous statement about uh, you know a uh, 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 six degrees of separation right. of somebody whose balls swell up. Who who only know one? He got let's does, say, he got an STD. He told his <laughs> wife to be. I got this. Uh, my balls are swelling not because I was banging your bridesmaid, right. but because I got the vaccine. She said, fuck off wedding over. Yeah. She didn't say fuck off wedding over because your balls are too big. She said right. it because he fucked a bridesmaid. <laughs> I'm projecting and speculating. But, I mean, I also put my money on it. Right. I, there's, uh, so it's, she, she puts out this, this very sketchy story about how that's, that is feeding into the fact that she hasn't been because, oh, well, see, this, this is the reason why. I got to do more research. Um, and it's just like, Nicki Minaj, you have so much shit injected and implanted in your body, <laughs> right? That you have no idea what the fuck it is or what the damage it could do. Because if you did, you wouldn't put it in your body. But now all of a sudden, you're going to put your thinking cap on, right? Like the vaccine. Oh, well, because I heard about this thing about in Tuskegee, right? Like you don't know the first thing about Tuskegee. You probably couldn't find it on a fucking map. But you're going to use Tuskegee as an excuse as to why you're not going to do this vaccine, right? You're going to go in and talk about all the history and all the research that you're doing. What are you researching, right? I want to actually know what you're researching is. One, do you know the actual definition of the word research? And two, how are you actually fulfilling all the various elements of actual research? Or are you just reading random shit on fucking Google and watching random videos on YouTube of random people in their basements talking about random shit that they may or may not know anything about? Lucky for her, if she does get the vaccine, it's injected into your shoulder and not your ass. Because if it injected her ass, it would have a mile of silicone to pass through. Not saying I don't appreciate the work. Uh, it just it looks weird. Like it looks really weird. Like these She's all these all movie. these people. A lot of these people they get they get these butt implants, right? They go down to Columbia, and I got a wild story I got to tell you about Columbia. But um, they get these butt implants, but like they've done no actual physical. Like they they, they don't work out at all. Okay, as a workout guy, this has to infuriate. You. Right, like so you get like whether it's Kim Kardashian or or, or her sister Chloe or Nicki Minaj, or even Cardi B, right? Like, all of them, they have these giant asses, but they don't have the... Le- like, if you have an ass like that, whether it's intentional or not, then you're going to have meat on your legs, your hamstrings, your quads. And even if you don't intentionally work out, chances are if you have an ass like that, then it's going to create some level of lower body leg dominance where you're going to have bigger legs, right? But these people have these, like, weird skinny legs... Uh, and uh, Wendy Williams is another one who just, oh, my God. 
Uh, they got these weird skinny legs and these giant bubble asses, and it's like it makes no sense, right? Like it's just like they, they like you literally have like these soft, like saggy legs, and then you have this ass that's perfectly round and taut. The, the right? exercise physiologist in you. It just, it's, it's just like I mean, it's just like, like out of the sorry, I I, sorry, I understand how the human body works, <laughs> but not, you guys are fucking mad, it up. I'm not mad at you. Um, right, we gotta we gotta wrap it up, but we we. Uh, Oh, do, I mean, you look at the time. I know you got... Yeah, you but got, I mean, we, so time. so we went to Buffalo last week. Yep, we did. Um, didn't work out the way I'd hoped. In it didn't. The trip, the trip was fun. The trip was fun. Um, had, a, had, had a good time. I had some good food. Uh, I had the worst prime rib I've had in a long time. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck were you thinking? I still because don't understand. Because we didn't... All right, I need... For people involved, I tried to take Steve and his brother-in-law to my favorite wings joint in Buffalo. I called in advance to make sure there was seating available. Did not get an answer. Because they were closed because they were redoing their damn parking lot. Okay. So we had, to, we had to rotate to plan B. And my logic was good as far as where we went because we went right down from the cigar bar. Right. We had a great time at the great Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Cigar Club. Yeah, Buffalo was, Cigar Club. They were awesome to us. We got to sit and watch football. You had a cigar. I had a, had a whiskey and a, a, a couple beers. I actually just had beer. I didn't drink whiskey that night. Um, good time. The Bills lost. Um, you had a giant prime rib that I had a giant prime rib that was just fucking awful. I mean, no flavor. All right, so that. All right, sorry. How do you? How did I just? I don't understand how they fuck. Anyway, but besides from so the, the prime here, rib, here's why I did it. I have a hard time finding a good prime rib in Cleveland. In Buffalo, you will find that relatively not rare, but an occasional like just gem. Yeah. And I've had and I've had wings in Buffalo at a hundred places. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't had a good prime rib in a long fucking time. This could be the gem that I know next time I come to Buffalo. I had not been to that place in 15 years. Mm. And I'm like, this could be, oh, next time I come to Buffalo, I'm here on a Saturday. I'm coming to uh, Buffalo Sports Garden for the prime rib. I called the place out just now. I'm doing it because it was awful. I offered <laughs> for you to have it brought home to your dog. And you said no. Now, I think part of it was the logistics of bringing meat. Right. That kind of distance, and I think part of it was you won't eat that shit. I'm not giving right. it to my dog. Like, that was absolutely <laughs> like, you know, piss my dog would be like. I, I feed her a lot of the meat that I make, right? Like I always do a taste test myself, and then like she sits there and looks at me and like, if you don't give me some, I'm going to maul you. So I do, and so I can't go from the shit that I make, which is pretty good, to she whatever think, the fuck she, you order. She might think it was. She'll take it personal. Right? She wouldn't know it came from me. I'm not telling her. Uh, All right. Yeah, the trip was fun. The only other thing to add. Can to we that, talk about the Bills? Sure. Uh, no, our, our various teams. And sure. and so, what did I tell you about the game? Right. I said that the Steelers' defense is just as good, if not better, than it was last year because of our rotation at outside linebacker. Right. Yep. Um, I think that was proven to be right. Right. Melvin wait a minute. Wait a minute. We we neutralized T.J. Watt according to a local sports <laughs> journalist. Some idiot wrote we knew. I mean, T.J. Watt was in our backfield more than our defense. More, sorry, more than our running backs. Fucking uh, a that guy was. I mean, also T.J. Watt is very good. He's a phenomenal. Which is player. why they paid him which the why money. They paid him ridiculous money. But but I mean, we also have Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram had been in San Diego sure. for years. Um, or he was LA, part of I guess. the um, Nathan Peterman exposure party, <laughs> right? Um, and he played alongside uh, uh, Joey Bosa. Bosa yeah. And I mean, he was really good. He got hurt. So the Chargers let him go, and the Steelers pick him up on a one-year deal for pennies on the dollar in terms of value. Uh, he's healthy. That's clear. Um, he was really good against the run. He put pressure on the quarterback. 
Um, he he gave us the same level of production that I think you would expect out of a Bud Dupree in that sort of situation. And then we also have Alex Highsmith out of Coastal Carolina, a kid who uh, last year was his rookie year, and he's gotten bigger and stronger. And I think Alex Highsmith is where Bud Dupree was. Uh, Alex Highsmith in year two is where Bud Dupree was in year four or five of his development. That's a bold statement. Um, and I think it, it showed on the field, right? He didn't get to the quarterback, but, I mean, he was, he was causing fits. Yep. Um, and so the defense was as advertised. And then I think on the offense, I said we needed to run the ball. And we didn't run the ball that great, but what we did do was there were a few plays, especially in the second half, where Najee Harris was able to break open. And once that happened, you guys had to drop a defender down, and Ben and the receivers did what they had the potential to do, right? You know, took them right down the field, scored a touchdown. Now, you know, there's the, the, the block punt for a touchdown kills the Bills, right? Yes. Absolutely kills the Bills. Um but I think what you saw was the Steelers starting to get into a groove. Now, I want to call this out, right? Because a lot of people are just like, oh, the Steelers' offensive line issues aren't fixed and blah, blah, blah. And you're right to a degree, but let's think about this. I have two rookies starting on my offensive line. I have a rookie running back who started in the backfield and played every offensive snap. And I've got a rookie offensive coordinator who this is only his second year out of college. Last year he was the quarterback coach for the same team. Uh, for, for the Steelers, but this is his first year as offensive coordinator. So I got a rookie play caller. I've got uh, a rookie running back and two rookie offensive linemen uh, and a rookie tight end that's very good, um, but is also a rookie, right? So I'm, I'm relying on, you know, five NFL rookies on an offense, on a team that if all those guys are veterans, you know, established veterans, you have a team that would absolutely be – being people being talked about in terms of the Super Bowl, right? But they're not. They're rookies and they're untested and they're unknown. And so you saw the growing pains of that particular group, uh, which I think will get better over time. And I just I, I think that the Steelers have been uh, overlooked a lot this season. But I also will not feel comfortable about any game we play in which we're favored until after like the first quarter of the season, right? The first four or five games. All right, so I thought the Bills' defense was very good. Yeah. I mean, they, they your defensive line is a lot better. Defense is vastly improved. I think Josh Allen looked rusty. He missed a few big shots. Um, I'm because we're we're tight on time. I'm going to bring this analogy up because it's haunting me, and that is the uh, 2016 to 2017 Cleveland Indians. 2016, the Indians go to the World Series. 2017, the entire Indians fan base is like, well, next year when we're back in the World Series, it'll be different. There's no fucking guarantees. And so many people were putting the Bills, just launching them into the Super Bowl. Well, they made the AFC Championship last year. If they get by the Chiefs, they're... Look, I'm a huge Bills fan. I'm not saying anything like giving up on the season. The whole panic button thing is ridiculous. But when you start believing the bullshit that's printed about you, and you and I don't I don't think they're being, you know, the, the smoke is yeah. blowing up their asses, distracting them. But Buffalo fans... There's no well, guarantees. Here's the deal. You 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 have the same offensive quarter that coordinator and Brian Dayball that you had last year. And Brian Dayball doesn't want to run the ball, right? And part of it, he thinks maybe you can't because your offensive line isn't that good. I don't necessarily agree. I think you could if you wanted to. Um, if I mean, the yards per carry in that game were very good. Well, I mean, because uh, Singletary, was garbage Singletary had you know three longer carries right. in, the, in the third fourth quarter. But I mean, 
I just think that Brian Dable is not going to commit to running the ball, and I think that that is going to become a problem. I watched it happen with the Steelers last year. I think it's something that the Bills have to be aware of, and they have to do a better job of getting the ball on the ground. And that will – I mean, it's just football. It's not rocket science, right? You bring another guy down who has to at least pay attention to see if you're going to run the ball. That creates space in the zones behind it, sure. allowing for your receivers to get the ball at shorter distances. And, and you have Diggs, who's a playmaker. Emmanuel Sanders is a proven playmaker. You've got Beasley, who is, is really good. Guard, right? Like he's, he, like he's impossible to cover because he's so small and shifty, right? Like just the, the mold for white guy receivers right now. Um, or for the last, I don't know, 15 years, I guess. Since uh, to, You know, since Wayne Corbett. But, Wayne Corbett, um, in a while. Right. But, I mean, like, the, 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 like you have playmakers. And Knox looks better for you guys, the tight end. Yeah. Um, you know, he actually caught the ball a, a couple times and, right. like, in, 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 good, in good spots. So, I think the Bills have a lot of potential. I don't think, that, you know, the season's yeah, clearly not, not over. Up, but. And I think that, listen, you were up against a Steeler team that's, that was better than what you played against last year. Right, like the TV, sure. I mean, like you've got Devin Bush back. You've got uh, uh, like Bud Dupree isn't back, but you've got two Plays guys good. in his spot that are just as good and productive. T.J. Watt is T.J. Watt. Cam Hayward is still Cam Hayward. Um, you know, what I mean, like Joe Hayden is playing play better in that game than I think he played at any game last year. Like you just have a team that is it make a like you have a team that is very good, and I know people don't want that to be true, but that's oh. okay. Right? That's okay. And, well, and again, I think the Bills, last year, no one took them seriously. Everyone thought they had to run the you're ball. You're not sneaking up on anybody. Exactly. You're exactly. not. We, like we, uh, now, we're, now people are paying now attention to the game. From though. hunter to hunted. Right. Um, I, I want to close it out on what I thought was fucking hilarious, though. So Cole Beasley was all over Twitter about, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I can't catch this thing. He dropped the ball in the first quarter, and Twitter was blazing it with, you're right, you can't catch anything. Ooh. Oh, Cole. Perhaps you were right. You can't catch anything. Oh, Cole. That's a good way to close it out, brother. Yeah. I know you got to run. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We are out. 